Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from Treasonable Studios in Los Angeles with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. He is a comedian, a TV writer, and a meme creator extraordinaire. It has been way too long, but it is always a pleasure to have him with us. Ladies and gentlemen, a warm welcome for Mr. Josh Greenberg. Welcome, sir. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Yeah, it's uh, it has been a while. So very, very stoked to have you with us. Me too. Very, very cool to be back. Right on. And as always, we are joined by comedian, scholar, and the black voice of reason. It is always a pleasure to introduce Mr. Time and Ship. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Dave. Power to the people. Good to see good old Josh. Two Jews walking to a bar. Is that what <laughs> Two Jews and a black guy walking to a studio. <laughs> Wackiness ensues. Ideally. Speaking of, of two Jews, the other one in that uh, equation, well, that, that would be me. I'm Dr. David Robinson, your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse, and it is a beautiful day for Dodger baseball. Hopefully a better day than yesterday, uh, but we do have plenty to talk about this week. First, a message from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America, and people are waking up to the great taste of Community Spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches. Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread Variants. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread Variants, available in Delta Variant everywhere now and when you least expect it. Unmitigated Spread Variants. It's time for another peak. Speaking of time, it is the 41st Saturday of the year and being the 9th of October that also means it's National Chess Day, National Moldy Cheese Day, National Motorcycle Ride Day and National Pro-Life Cupcake Day which of course you put them all together means that October 8th was apparently the last day where they really had an idea of what to do for National Day Day. I'm I'm a little upset when when I saw it was National Pro-Life Cupcake Day Years ago, wrote a joke that uh, posted on Twitter, and it still, every once in a while, you know, gets those little bursts where someone likes and retweets it, and then other people discover it through them. But the the joke was that uh, I'm I'm volunteering uh, to work at a a pro life bake sale this weekend. I'm going to be selling uh, cups of uncooked batter and insisting that they're already cupcakes. Um, 
And so I feel like my my joke has been co-opted by the evil side, like pro-life cupcake day. Fuck you guys. Uh, eat batter. It, it only- as, as usual with the you know right wing co-opted, but without any of the humor or irony or understanding of the joke. Yeah. Your name is David Robinson? <laughs> <laughs> no, what's your real name? What's your name? That that would be it, uh, Doctor David Robinson. I I added the doctor to make it sound more Jewish, um, <laughs> but also because it just confuses the fuck out of a lot of people. And it, it is a legitimate honorary doctorate. I mean, twenty bucks is twenty bucks, yeah. And before we uh, really get into things, and I've I've brought this up the last few weeks because uh, once again. Our, our usual cast of, of female panelists are all like booked doing other stuff this weekend. So we are having an all dude panel, which makes it really awkward to talk about uh, the week in abortion news because, you know, a bunch of dudes sitting around talking about abortion. That's how we got into this problem. So I, I generally prefer not to, but with the fifth circuit reversing the reversal of the draconian Texas abortion knockout purge law, whatever you want to call it. The only thing I can really think of as the reasoning behind this outside of really pandering to, to the evangelical religious right lunatic fringe base is that Greg Abbott bought stock in the company that makes plan B because, you know, I mean, if, if you're going to ban, you know, think about the logic. If you're going to ban abortions after six weeks before most women know they're pregnant, and I, I do realize, you know, it's this is stretching the comedic premise a bit because they, there is a, some sort of a subsection that also outlaws chemical abortion as provided by a medication like the Plan B pill. But, you know, outside of like, literally driving women out of Texas to get basic medical care. Who's, who's going to benefit from this? If you know that you won't be able to get an abortion by the time you know you're pregnant, I imagine there's a lot of women who are just going to, okay, you know, day after a one night stand, pop a plan B just to be careful, precautionary. And now we're in the land that Republicans were basically, you know, saying that they're trying to avoid, you know? Yeah. Well, we don't, you know, we don't want women using abortion as birth control. Well, what are you pushing them into doing now? Seems like, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I could be off on this, but with, what is the, um, what is the, because I never even thought about it. I mean, I know I hear all people talk about abortion rights and all that. I've always left that up to women. I've never... I had a guy tell me the other day, well, I don't want nobody aborting my baby. I said, but, you know, that's different. It's like a, a relationship or something. But if a woman gets raped or she's brutally, you know, attacked or sexually molested, something... In in a you family know, way, uh, as the double entendre way, would go. You have women who just say, "Hey, you know, I, I was out. I got, I had sex. I don't want to have a baby. I'm not ready to have a baby." But you're telling me, no matter what, you can't do that. You well, want I think full the control. Okay, so so 
you won't wear a mask. You're anti-masker. You won't get vaccinated, but you will tell me that you're anti-abortion. Well, control is not something you should be allowed to do to me. It's what I should be allowed to do to everyone else. I think is that line of thought. It comes down to control for everybody. That's why I say freedom's not for everybody. Josh, you agree with that? Freedom, everybody (laughs) should have freedom (laughs) because it's what they do with it. I'm asking you to be honest. You want you want more than. You want to go into someone else's house, okay? Well, and even and tell deeper. Them how to do something? <laughs> yet you're okay with guns. They're having shootouts on freeways in Florida, but you're okay with that. But I want to stop you from getting rid of something that you don't want. Well, speaking of shootings in inappropriate places, you know, the, I don't know if you guys saw the story about the uh, the school shooting. I think it was in Texas this week. Yeah. Where where the defense is that this isn't your typical shooting. There, there are mass shootings, yeah, many of which happen in schools, and then there are school shootings. And this was a response to being bullied. And I'm, I, you know, I'm not picking sides here uh, because I don't know all the details. But when you hear this kid's story, like his dad was murdered, his dad was like beaten to death, and then this kid's been going to school where he's been bullied, like getting beaten up. The bullies like take his clothes, they take his shit. And so on top of the whole, you know, not wanting to be bullied, not getting any help from the school authorities, you know, or you're not going to call the cops in on that. That's a, that's school jurisdiction. And again, I'm not saying, you know, there's justification for shooting people, but this kid apparently, you know, if his lawyers are to be believed, he felt like he didn't have any other options. So this wasn't a typical school shooting in that it was very targeted and it was targeted as self-defense. Well, Dave, you you know, I work at Juvie Mm -hmm. and we get uh, these type of things that we've we put in school metal detectors. We've done all that. And you know, he knew. I'm not trying to give him an out, but he knew bringing a gun was wrong. Because you're not a professional. You don't know how to handle a gun. He didn't bring a bat. He didn't bring a brick. He brought a gun. He didn't bring a small caliber gun. He brought a nine millimeter. Don't know where he got it from. Whose gun is it? The fact that any teenager, because after Columbine, after Columbine, the gloves come off. They've changed everything. Now, what they've done, they have lowered to where they don't lock a kid away for something like, you know, murder and everything. They don't, you know, like at 14, they used to just throw the key, you know, just throw you away into jail. They don't do that anymore. They do want you to come back and be a part of society. But, he, but also... His excuse, his excuse will be... That I was being bullied. But then again, people are going to say, well, hey, man, that's the best you got that you wanted to. You went and got a gun and you brought it into a school that where innocent people can end up and get shot, which is what happened. Innocent people that weren't a part of it got, got shot. And and I get the part about being bullied and being picked on. And you're right, Dave. You should have went to. The school, or he went to everything. Well, but he did, and, he and they they didn't do anything. But still, you got to go. To, you still can't bring a new. You know, no, I I agree. It was yeah. a, it was a bit but of I, a, it was saying, a bit of an extreme reaction. I understand, <laughs> I understand he was bullied, 
but he put himself in a position now you're fucked because now you committed a felony. So you went from being bullied to now you're sitting up on attempted murder, okay? And he's lucky that the cops didn't come in because they just shot him dead and they would have had every reason to kill him. But it, he had a gun. Yeah. But it happened. But I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm not trying to come down on him, but that's what I'm just saying. You know, when I was a kid and we had a dispute in school, uh, we would have a dance off. And that I think we, we need to really return, return to that. I mean, granted, I went to a school of the arts and perhaps that's things are different there. But it was well, a and, and, you know, and you know what they would and where I went to school, you know, they would they didn't send notes. They didn't you, know, you, you didn't get a note that, that someone's going to kick you out. They made an announcement and you knew that hey, I need to leave early. <laughs> Yeah, and which is the reason why I started burning black kids. <laughs> I don't, you know, so that's the only way. Now he'd have brought gas, Dave. Then I probably would have been there with him all the way. Where to go, buddy? Because fire has a way of getting people to leave you alone. It it does, but it's it's just so much more time consuming to you know well, like cover a, someone you know, you in an accelerant and, and then light them up. Get the right matches. It, yeah, and, you know, and it and it can be like a you know flamethrower type of thing. You know, you just got to know when to See, throw. And that's yeah. that's what I think is you know yeah. you should have used a flamethrower. Um, well, hey, I've thought of buying one. They're army issued. There's a lot of people I feel that still need to be burned, but but I much much tougher to get out here in in California because you know it's it's a very flammable state. I think Acme, <laughs> you know, just like on you can always go to Acme. I, you know, I've, I've learned enough from, uh, educational television. Acme is the last company you should be buying that stuff from uh, a lot of, lot of defective products. And, you know, you don't have a recall because, you know, coyotes can order this stuff, but then they can't complain after apparently. Uh, but I mean, props to Acme for great customer retention. And he gave out his card. <laughs> Wild E. Coyote. Super genius. genius. Well, before uh, before we get too deep into uh, uh, guns and abortion and other things in the news, uh, it should be noted that we are 263 days into the Biden administration. And as of today, we've got... Terminator. 712,822 Americans dead from the coronavirus and 44,269,659 confirmed cases with about 216.6 million people having gotten at least one dose of the vaccine with about 186.9 million of them, including the three on this podcast who are fully vaccinated one thing that uh you know they're, they're they're saying that the the covid numbers are largely going down even though uh the you know they're all all those numbers went up from last week but one thing that i think is slightly discouraging is at least going by the figures that i, I pull from the new york times on the vaccination both numbers the, the number of people having gotten at least one dose and the number of fully vaccinated, both averages, but they also both went up exactly by 2 million. So that suggests to me 
that that's like is bad at math. Well, that that's one possibility. I, I was gonna guess that like the two million already had one dose and then got fully vaccinated because I don't think anyone's getting the Johnson and Johnson anymore. Right. I did. Uh, I'm, you know, fine with it. I'm still healthy. I'm waiting to find out when I can get my booster shot. But yeah, I think like most people these days, not that there's been negative press about the Johnson and Johnson. There were definitely some hiccups there. Hiccups, oddly enough, not one of the side effects. Not not something people were worried about anyway. But uh, yeah, I think most people like saw the recalls and there was less available because there were there were problems in the production process. So I think most people who are getting vaccinated these days are doing the the Moderna or the Pfizer in America. I know AstraZeneca is you know big in other countries and as with music art that usually it blows up over there. And then finally Americans are like, Oh, Hey, we found something new, you know, which I guess also, as long as we're not too far from the special national days, uh, it is indigenous people's weekend, I guess, uh, Monday, the, the holiday formerly known as Columbus day. And I think we went through a brief period of, Hey, it's Italian American heritage day. And then, Everyone finally relented and said, okay, we'll, we'll salute all the people that got wiped out as a result of Columbus coming here. Fine. Throw one of the... They didn't want to throw a holiday to the indigenous people. I guess you could say they had their reservations. Oh. But why would you do that? <laughs> you know, they're a gang. You know that on the Indian reservations, they have uh, uh, gangs? Oh, they got Indian everything. Reservations? I'm always wondering what are they representing? I mean, because, you know, I don't think Geronimo would have ever approved of, you know, something like that. Yeah, but uh, especially just colors. But, yeah, they have gangs. I don't understand. Don't they have enough problems than to have a, you know, gang? Well, isn't that the American way, though? Like, instead of fixing the problems we have, let's just create more problems to distract us. Uh, I was going to ask you, I don't know if you, you saw it. Did you, the, the uh, lieutenant governor out of South Dakota, did you hear about what she did every time? Oh, Idaho. Goes out of town? Idaho. Huh? I thought it was Idaho. 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 Is it Idaho? I, one of those like big empty states full of white people up there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she called out the National Guard to do, uh, you know, to go to the border. I didn't think the border was near Idaho though. Do you remember when you want crazy? I'll give you crazy. Used to be just a bad trope in movies, not politics. Right. right. I, I kind of miss those days. It's, you know, simpler well, times. I have to say that when you when you uh, mentioned the show this this weekend, I felt like because I, I used to I used to come on your show uh, more uh, pre pandemic, I think, and, and pre Trump. And there's something that's been really interesting about now that Trump is, in theory, gone, although I know he's still ever present. I don't feel like I'm watching the news as much, which I think is kind of how that's like the baseline of how it should be, that I shouldn't be terrified every moment of the day that the leader of the free world is going to, you know, (laughs) destroy the country. And it's been it's been uh, kind of nice. I must say, even though I know things are still really awful and there's so much terrible stuff happening. 
Yeah, they, they moved the headstones, but they didn't move the bodies. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I, I, because uh, I, I, I'm, because now it's getting down to the good old nitty gritty and they're, they're uh, asking the right questions and they're subpoenaing people and people are, you know, saying, I'm not showing up. And I was listening to CNN and they stated, you know, Trump, Trump had sent out the word that don't, don't cooperate. And he wants to impeach. He says, uh, this was an impeachable offense. Like, dude, you're done. What are you talking about? By the, by the way, I, I just want to, you know, as we have established already in the show, I am a doctor. I am no lawyer, but I have watched enough legal TV shows and I've watched enough news to know that like when I was reading the story about the, the four co-conspirators from the, the white house, from the Trump administration who were either subpoenaed or, you know, they were threatened with subpoenas this week. They all got a letter from Trump's lawyer telling them not to cooperate. And I read that and it's like every detective show pulp novel that I've read, the key here for, for those four, like not like they're listening to me for legal advice, although they've made enough bad moves in their career that it's entirely possible that they would. This is a letter from Trump's lawyer. This is not your lawyer. This lawyer's job is to protect Donald Trump. So if you, oh, well, I got a letter from Trump's lawyer, that is not there to protect you. You you yeah. should talk to your well, own lawyer about how to protect you. Trump's lawyer will work to protect Trump. So something something to, you know, and as we as we have seen over the past 5 years under the bus is a a very popular travel destination for former Trump insiders. Yeah, and it is odd that 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 train of lemmings continues to to roll on because the the body count of, of people who have been thrown under said bus is, is huge but yeah no by the way train of lemmings is playing at the palladium next week very excited about that <laughs> yes yes <laughs> but that the, the fact that that loyalty only goes one you know one way it, it, people still don't seem to grasp that that literally everyone eventually gets thrown under the bus by that man. It's it's like every cliche from a lifetime movie about an abusive spouse or, you know, partner. It's different with me. He cares about me. Right. I mean, McCarthy just doesn't know what to do. I mean, he's doesn't know. I mean, he's trying to, you know, be this guy that wants to stand up for Trump, but the the you know, the walls are closing in. And they're trying to. They're, what they're trying to do is is stretch this thing out. The legal. So by the primaries, they will be able to shut it down. But they're letting them know you can do both. You can do the subpoena and go after those guys. The same. I mean, and and get them uh, uh, from what they were saying on CNN that you can get them and get it done quickly before the primaries because that's what they're trying to do. Trump's trying to because he does not want the people to get those uh, uh, the, the emails. He doesn't want them to get the, the phone records because if he does, and they already said, we can get the phone records. Yeah. We're going to get you. We know what you did. It's all coming down to you. You put a serious, you put together a, cu- a coup to take to overthrow the government. 
And that's how they're going to run at him like that. Well, and I think, it, you know, Donald Trump is is trying to exert executive privilege, which he has the right to do just as much as I do or you, Timon, or you, Josh. We could all insist on executive privilege because one thing that the three of us have in common with Donald Trump, we're not the president, so we don't have executive privilege. You know, Joe Biden has said, "Yeah, well, we'll we'll take a look at that," and and then said, well, "Yeah, no." Nope. Uh, the records. What's what's the um, who's got the uh, the Library of Congress? Library of Congress. Joe let it go. Joe said, "Hey, no problem." Yeah, come on in. Because and that's because Trump opened his mouth again, talking to you know, trying to throw his weight around. Like, dude, you're not the president. Shut up. But Joe said, "You know what? Go get it." Well, and you know Mayor Garland's going to sign. Garland's going to sign. I'm I'm a little worried about him. Uh, you know, I Garland. Yeah, I I don't think he. I I mean he's a he's a bright man. You know, he he was potentially up for a Supreme Court seat, so I, I'm sure he's no slouch. But I I think one of the big problems that we're dealing with these days is that a lot of people in the Biden administration, a lot of Democrats in Congress, in in the Senate, are, are trying to go about business as usual. And right. if anything was learned in the last four years, five years, is that Washington, D.C. is no longer business as usual. Mitch, Mitch McConnell was always... You know, a, a low down, dirty dog. Well, yeah, <laughs> for for lack of a better term, and he's only gotten worse. He's only gotten lower. Things things are not improving, and Democrats in in D.C. are basically turning into Kevin Bacon at the end of Animal House, as as the the streets are are teeming with rioters and there's mass chaos, and. They're standing there. Well. Remain calm. All is well. No, no, it's not. And you know, Tommy, you brought up the subpoenas, where the 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 January sixth House Committee was was threatening Dan Scavino. Uh, was it Meadows, Mark yeah. Meadows, uh, Steve Bannon, and Cash Patel with subpoenas if they didn't turn over their information by midnight on Thursday. Well, midnight came and went and what happened with the subpoenas? Well, two of those guys are sort of working with the committee. So they get a pass. Bannon is absolutely not. Bannon is, is the one who's absolutely refusing to, to, to cooperate. Right. Yeah. And, and he also is exerting executive privilege, even though he wasn't even, in the administration or the White House, anywhere near it by the time. Yeah. So I, I have said this on the show before. I will say it again. Not really happy that we never managed to close Guantanamo Bay down. But as long as we have that, we need to use all the resources that are available to us. And honestly, the the whole point of my little rant here about the subpoenas is it, it's like the filibuster, you know, just threatening to use one. It doesn't do the job. 
you know, it, it, and with the, with the filibuster, apparently it does, uh, because I, I guess Congress people are, are weak and frightened individuals who are determined not to accomplish anything on their watch. But with the subpoenas, unless you actually issue them and then Punish. provide, con- yeah, but there need to be consequences. Yeah. And this well, is the thing. You're, like, people are so worried seven, about seven, all seven, these seven. Republicans becoming like the next Trump. Well, if you like one of the things that made Donald Trump who he is, is that he never had to deal with any consequences for his actions. And what do you know? The guy became a monster. And yeah. so you want to avoid creating more monsters. I don't know. Maybe provide consequences for their actions. It's, it's very disheartening to me because I hear people saying things like the walls are closing in this time. This time uh, you, 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 can, you can feel it. It's over. And I feel like we have seen this movie before, you know, having gone through two impeachment proceedings with pretty much no consequences whatsoever. And so I'm just I I don't feel particularly uh, hopeful that this is going to be any different because it just seems like everyone is so uh, well, particularly the Democrats are 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 so lax in, in wanting to actually enforce rules and, and ensure that there are consequences. It's very depressing. Yeah. That's and why then, I, I instead mostly watch judge Judy. These days. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, talk about consequences. I know she's been working on like a new show and I wish they would like use a joke from the Simpsons as the basis for the show. Uh, when, when Homer says, who made you judge Judy an executioner? And uh-huh. I think that, that's what the People's Court, Judge Judy, uh, Judge Joe Brown, all these courtroom daytime shows, the thing they have been missing, like, sure, you know, you, you have to pay the fine and, you know, court costs, and then you have to do an interview with Harvey Levin afterwards, like indignity on top of indignity. <laughs> Put an electric chair in the courtroom. You know, it's up. Uh, yes, it, it turns out uh, you did leave dog shit on your neighbor's lawn. Get in the chair, going for a ride, and one step closer to uh, Squid Game or Hunger uh, Hunger Games. It's it's probably going to happen. Give the, the people spot. what they want. That's yeah. you know. <laughs> I I I guess I I'm I'm not opposed to extreme measures. I'm expo- I, I, I'm opposed to half-assing them. Uh, so let's not just play at it. Oh, we're going to provide subpoenas, Susan Collins. I think they learned their lessons. No, fuck that. Teach the lesson. Make it a really, really teachable lesson. Um, one of the things that it it maybe isn't right ever, or you know, it it is something that you really need to think about before putting into action. But I I was taught at a young age, and I have you know metered this over the years with experience that when someone hurts you. It is not enough to merely hurt them back. You need to make sure that they will never hurt you again and possibly never hurt other people again. And again, you know, that that is wisdom that in the wrong hands can really go the wrong way. But I think, you know, this is one of those cases where the the Republicans and especially the Trump wing of the Republican Party, which these days is 
the Republican Party has gotten away with so much shit for so long that it is not enough to turn this car around and no one's going to Disneyland. It's we're we're going home. You no one's going to Disneyland. And when we get home, you are taking all of your like electronic entertainment, all of your books, anything that you enjoy out of your room and you are grounded for like three months in solitary confinement. Whatever whatever that the equivalent of that childhood punishment would be for politicians, for for people who are involved in helping forward the decay of democracy in america gitmo baby (laughs) yeah yeah makes sense to me you know and the thing is all of these people that i'm talking about sending to guantanamo bay and you know potentially using uh enhanced interrogation techniques on they have supported using these techniques and so i think the only way to help them see the light whether that be the error of their ways, the error of their beliefs, I think a lot of people would change their minds on on the the benefits of waterboarding once they spend ten minutes, you know, with a towel over their head, getting immersed virtually. May yeah. may help I, them I see the error of their ways as well as you know maybe waterboarding is a little extreme. <laughs> Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> I, I went waterboarding in Cancun, but I think that was a totally different thing. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, it's a, it's a wonderful way to blend tourism and capital punishment. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Can't just rip the toenails off anymore, huh? <laughs> you, you can. You just got to make sure the word doesn't get out. Uh, you know, if, if you're going to rip their toenails off, you got to finish the job. It's a very Jack Bauer way of thinking, but you know, what do you want? This is, this is what we have been pushed to believe. There are no consequences. And I, I saw the, uh, Wisconsin cop who shot, uh, Jacob Blake. No, no consequences for that. And qualified immunity is another thing. I, one, one really good thing. And kind of going back to talking about, uh, the COVID numbers this week with vaccine mandates, you're seeing a bunch of, of nurses and other associated medical professionals who are, I'm not getting vaccinated. And I think we should send them all thank you cards. Like, I think it is wonderful that despite the fact that there is a nursing shortage in this country, you recognize that you could potentially cause greater harm to the patients you're supposed to be taking care of by not being vaccinated and exposing yourself to the COVID-19 virus. And so to save your patients, you're taking yourself out of the equation. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And I think it would really upset them uh, that their whole protest notion was being misconstrued because... You know, all they want to do is be heard. Fuck that. I heard them. They're, they're spouting nonsense. So we don't need to listen anymore. We're not going to mute them because, hey, you know, First Amendment. So let's just let's promote the fact that they are, are taking their potentially diseased asses out of the equation for the benefit of the patients that they would be treating 
and exposing to greater risk of, of getting COVID. Have you ever heard of the uh, Herman Cain Awards? <laughs> it, it's pretty self-explanatory, but you know, it's, you, you get to follow the journey of, of various people online where they, their posts that are you know, vehemently anti-vaccine, anti-mask, uh, over my dead body, then unfortunately I've gotten COVID, I'm, I'm in the hospital, please pray for me. And then the inevitable post from a family member, um, you know, with a, with a GoFundMe for yeah, yeah, funeral exactly, expenses. Exactly. So, you know, basic logic does not seem to appeal to these people, and I, you know, I, what leper colonies? You know, fuck it, give them Idaho. We can grow. <laughs> we Matt Matt Damon proved we can grow potatoes on Mars. <laughs> We don't need them, but I I have a very strange sense of justice that has been garnered largely from spy movies and stuff. Like when the Afghani government was abandoning their posts, knowing the Taliban was going to be taking over the palace. My first thought was, why didn't they line it with explosives that could be detonated remotely? Like, okay, you know, you guys want the palace? Fine. It's yours. You take over you don't have to tell them that the first time they fuck up and, you know, kill innocent people or tell women they can't go to school, click kaboom drastic measure. But it seems like it'd be really good television. It's the old star Trek three, the search for Spock technique. <laughs> you remember what happened to the enterprise. It was, it was not good. Ah, Captain Kirk. I, I want my Genesis device. That's that's a very good Christopher Lloyd impression. Thank you. The concept stolen from Jeremy Levy. I have to give him credit on that. <laughs> ah, but uh, yeah, it's years years of watching uh, Taxi and and yeah, the basically anything that Christopher Lloyd is in has has just given me such great joy. Even uh, where he doesn't have much dialogue, like uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And he does a great. Uh, uh, Anteater and uh, the ant too. <laughs> and I'm available for uh, weddings and bar mitzvahs, <laughs> especially the bar mitzvahs. You tell them, buddy. Uh, <laughs> when when did this turn into the Phil Hendry show? I don't, I don't know. Is that who that was? No, no. Uh, it was John Biner, but Phil Hendry, uh, former radio guy here in L.A., who just does like crazy amounts of character voices and will do an entire dialogue all by himself where you will swear it's a studio full of people. But yeah, it's the amazing thing about Phil Hendry was I think he was on for 30 years or something like that. And still people would call in confused and angry at the, you know, at these fictional voices he was doing. It was, it was so delightful. People are so gullible. And, and, and look where that got us. We blame <laughs> Phil Hendry now. <laughs> Speaking of blaming funny people, and I, full disclosure, I have not yet watched the uh, the new Dave Chappelle special, uh, but and I and I plan to, which is why I didn't say I haven't watched it. I, the yet is very heavily implied. It's been a busy week. It watching the new Chappelle special is on my plan for the weekend. But I have been reading a lot of the outrage online and on social media. And one thing, and I, I am a fan. Although I definitely do see where a lot of people are upset with some of the things he says. And 
for me, some of the logic behind it, uh, there are a lot of, he's a, he's one of the greatest he, comedians ever. Uh, he's, he's the goat man. He's up there with, with Pryor and Carlin and Lenny Bruce. And I, I especially agree with the Lenny Bruce because he's seeming to blend the still telling jokes, but also reading court transcripts, uh, portion of his career that I, I don't know. I mean, as, as a comedian, I, I I don't want to, hey, man, stay in your lane. Just get up there and tell jokes as I host a political podcast. But it's it's kind of one of those things of maybe go McDLT, keep the hot side hot and the cool side cool. And, you know, in, in your comedy specials, do comedy. And if you're going to do, you know, your TED Talks, do your TED Talks by all means. But I think it's, you know, I was, I was talking to a buddy of mine about how if he is trying to get the message across to people that, you know, we should be open to discussing all these topics and there is nothing sacred in comedy. And I, I recognize there are a number of people who are upset with him that he's just never going to reach because they, they live for their anger. But, you know, maybe sprinkle the message throughout rather than like, Oh, let me like say all the things that piss people off in the first 45 minutes and then 15 minutes in closing. Here's what this has all been about because a lot of people that get upset about this stuff are not going to, you know, they're going to turn it off somewhere in the first 45 minutes. I don't know what his comedy quote message is with the trans material. I mean, it seems that it's just pretty hateful and gross and closed-minded and he's really digging in i always found him really funny you know growing up i i love listening to to chappelle but something has happened with him uh it's as you say it's the it's the latter career lenny bruce portion where he's he's not i feel like listening to to these people who are pointing out that what he's saying is so hateful and and wrong um i i have a friend who was very vocal this week uh, uh and got and was uh, in some news stories jacqueline moore about um about protesting netflix based on this special and i must say it's not out of nowhere it's not it's not unwarranted it's that this this new angle that Chappelle it, insists on hitting is is really really uh like kind of morally wrong. Um, I don't know how else to say it, but it's, um, I don't know why he's choosing to dig in on this. So, I mean, if you, if you look at comedy itself, comedy has changed. We can't say the things that we want to say that we used to say. I mean, if, if, if Jerry Seinfeld as clean as Jerry is, won't do colleges because he understands Chris Rock won't even do a college anymore. Because Chris Rock can't say, and I, you know, when I go out and do stand up, anything from say eighteen to thirty-five, they don't get me because I'm talking about life, okay? But if I'm forty-five, but my audience is now forty-five to eighty, so if I'm talking about life, kids today, crime politics whatever they get it 
Okay, but you but you can't you better not bring up non-binary. You're not going to you can't bring that up because that group of 45 to 80, they don't get that. They don't understand it. They don't want to understand it because they think it's confusing. They call the millennials whiners. You know, my sister has a 25-year-old that she's, you know, that, and I'll tell you just one dumb thing that I, what was insane, he wants, he had a car in Georgia. And my sister said, why don't you send the money to your mother and have the tags put on the car? That way, when you get there, you can just drive it back with no problem. No, he wouldn't do that. So he flew to Georgia from Florida, drove drove the car back with expired tag. Georgia and Florida, black man, what? You don't get it? <laughs> what the hell, dude? And I, I, I told my sister, stop. I don't want to. No, please don't. That is pure ignorance. And that is like talking to them today because you're not going to get it. They figured, well, nothing's going to happen. You know, it's just driving the car. Dude. You don't understand that you're in two of the most racist states in the, the whole United States. They will kill you. It's, it's, they will throw your ass in a ditch. If they're willing to shoot up signs that have Emmett, that, that's dedicated to Emmett Teal, what does that tell you? But he did it anyway. And that's where you're at. You're not. I mean, so so I, I, when does he get out? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, he, and just because he made it back with not a problem. He thinks he's the greatest and most inventive person in the world. I've talked to young people when I go do open mics. I'm telling you, they don't get me. It's okay. I understand what Dave is trying to do, but Dave needs to know his audience. See the- That stuff that Dave is doing, it goes to a particular audience. It is not for, I get that you can say morally he's wrong. Like George Jefferson wouldn't work today. Good times doesn't work. Hell, Fred Sanford probably wouldn't even work today. You can't do the Three Stooges today. Yeah. Okay, because it's everything has changed. It's yeah, changed, and, I, and, it, and they say, well, you're more sensitive. Um, unless you can go to a privately adult swim type of uh, Netflix, HBO, where you can say whatever type of language you want, that is the only way that's going to work. It's still going to piss some people off, but that's the only way you're going to do it. And, that, and that's always been the case with comedy, too. I mean, uh, All in the Family and Maude, those wouldn't have worked 10 years before those were mm-hmm. on, you know, because right. because comedy standards and, 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 and culture are evolving constantly. Right. I think what's such a shame about Chappelle is he was always someone who seemed to get that in the past. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, and I think... Gosh, I will say... I was going to say that when he was doing all the racial stuff, no problem. No one said a word. But when he dipped his toe over into gay, see, but it's, but it's the way he's doing it because I, I think, you know, I remember when he, when he quit the show on comedy central and you know, like years later in interviews, he explained that he worried that people were getting the wrong message from it, that the wrong people were thinking that this says that it's okay for me to use the N word. And I think that is basically what he's doing now in terms of, you know, trans and, and gay 
phobia issues, whatever. But he's, you know, and I, I've talked about this on the show before. I, I used to do a joke regarding the, the Turkish national television station uh, announcing that they were going to start showing reruns of keeping up with the Kardashians. But, to appeal to the local audience, they were changing the name to should have let us finish. And someone said to me, Dave, you're, you're a Jew. How, how can you do genocide jokes? And it's real easy. It's not my genocide. The, the whole joke being that, you know, we will ultimately find ways to legitimize the things that, well, it's, you know, yeah, sure, I guess as a concept, genocide is bad, but it's really only bad when it happens to me and my people. It's like the old Mel Brooks thing about tragedy is when when I get a paper cut and it, it hurts and I bleed. Comedy is when you fall down a manhole and die. And it, it's that sort of the lack or maybe too much self-awareness that I, I just, I think with him, it's it's somewhat hypocritical to say, you know, and I think he's trying to point well, Richard, that out, yeah, but Richard I think Pryor it's it's trouble. going in the wrong way. In my mind, there are no like nothing is sacred. There are no topics that are off the table, but there are topics that if you are going to write jokes about them, they better be really fucking good jokes. You know, it right, better be I, completely fucking solid. And a lot of people can't do that with certain things. And there are certainly a number of people in the audience who do believe that there are certain sacred cows. Well, prior stopped saying the N word, he got in trouble for it because he stopped saying it. he went to Africa, stopped saying the N word. He says the N word throughout. Nobody has a problem with it. Throughout, you know Dave. Dave just always used that stuff. But then he did stuff. He said some things about gays. Now, I, I have a problem with... You know, a lot of dudes are, are so bothered by the trans community. And, I, and, I, and, you know, and I think... And they said, I don't understand it and everything. But that doesn't mean you need to kill it. Because whatever it is, it is. And you need to in, either learn to embrace it or stay away from it. But don't kill it. And I don't believe, and I, and I think, and we have to really watch, and I understand what you guys are saying, you really have to watch what you say, because in our insane society, there's a lot of just just, just ruthless killings, and you know, people are attacking people. And So one of the guys said to me, because every time they hear that somebody's gay or transsexual, it's like their asshole tightens up, like they think everybody wants to fuck them in the ass. And I'm sitting there going, dude, that's, that's just who they are. Gay people know who is who. It's like and, they're gay, not tasteless. Yeah, and so yeah, and you're so going to be they, just fine. A trans person will let you know that they're trans. They will tell you because they already understand. They and the LBGQ community has told them: if you get ready to sleep with someone, you must let them know. Say you meet them in a bar, let them know. I do either. I'm a trans person. I do have a penis. I'm blah blah blah. Because if they so that way a man doesn't think you're trying to trick them, and then you didn't let me know, and then he's embarrassed, and all of a sudden he turns around and freaks out and kills you or shoots you or whatever. Because they're trying to help them. I don't, and I I think the only problem I have is that what get gets lost in the message is that we live in such a brutal society. Man is is more 
I mean, humanity is going out the window. And I really believe, and I've said this many times, that the pandemic exposed all our inequalities in our society. And it also inspired the hate, the ignorance. And um, I'm sure you could make jokes about transsexuals that, that that would be okay. You know, I remember doing a joke about the bees. I saw the bees, um, they had in the paper, they noticed... They were doing that all the bees were dying and they did tests on some of the bees. They noticed that some of the bees had intestinal scarring. They had old pollen in their bowels. But then that I said that, that wasn't what stumped me. What stumped me is when they noticed that a lot of the bees had swollen rectums. And I said, apparently there's a band of gay bees going around banging all the <laughs> other bees, right? And one gay dude is jumped up. That's good. It walks the line. It's fucking funny. Because, but you didn't know that. They, don't nobody know if they're gay bees or not. And yes, he took it in the ass. Okay, but it, it wasn't. You could say it. It's and I and and you know. Sometimes I've I've hesitated to use it because it's funny, and it, I, there were some gay people who thought it was funny. But then that's not all gay people because everybody is very very sensitive, and they well, just you know you yeah. just can't say things you want. Also, what's a little different here. I think is that there is terrible violence against trans people. Oh yes, it's a it's an epidemic, particularly oh particularly trans women. Yeah, and so uh, you know, my friend Jacqueline, who spoke up this week, said, "Oh, by the way, if you don't think there are consequences to words, here are some of the messages I've received after speaking up about Chappelle, and they're horrible. I mean, they they are." In some cases, they're threats. They're like physical threats, right. and that alone, I think, is a is a good a good reason to 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 take a look at what's happening. Why is Chappelle pursuing this line? Because there there are people who um who are taking his words and internalizing them, mm -hmm. and right. there there's there's real danger for for actual consequences and, and, and you know. For violence, basically. Well, that, like you take Little Nas. Have you seen Little Nas X? Okay, I think mm -hmm. it was genius that that dude took a a rap tune and put it to a, a a country song, and the shit went bananas. Billy Ray Cyrus' career got redone over one song. I mean, the guy ends up blowing up. So it wasn't all good, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and not to think that here's his daughter, who's as freaky as they come any goddamn way. You know, but everybody, all the brothers got in. Uh, oh man, little Nas is an embarrassment. I said, well, why is it an embarrassment? He's well, look at him. He's just, I mean, he's you know talking about getting fucked in the ass by the devil and doing all this. I said, hey man, we live in a free society. He is free to be what he wants to be. Okay, he's not coming. You don't have to buy his music. His music's not even made for you. And yes, he's allowed to do it. Okay, and it, did, did he go too far? The religious community think he did, but they didn't stop him. I mean, he was wearing the blood of whatever he had and virgin blood or something that he did. He talked about going down to hell on a, on a um, what do they call it, the, the stripper pole. He was going to hell and all this shit. 
and he didn't, you know. And so religious groups were like, hey, he went too far. Other people, hey, he shouldn't be doing that. Black people, he shouldn't be talking about that. That is wrong. But no one stopped him. He's free. Now he's coming out with Elton John. And they're pissed. Oh, look at the brothers now. Oh, man, they're trying to make all black dudes gay. That's what they believe. <laughs> they believe that, that, I'm serious. They believe that by allowing them to be this free, they're going to make our sons gay. Well, and yeah, if, if not the yeah. freedom, it's what they're putting in the vaccines. <laughs> yeah. You know, all, and so all of this, you know, and then we're producing the alpha female. So that's, you got to deal with that thing right there because guys are like, oh my God, all these alpha females, chicks want to tell me what the fuck to do and blah, 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 you know. So I don't know. Will Dave, I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you take him off? Do you ban what he did? Because you remember well, all those other guys who said something. They're not allowed. I mean, they took all the other comedians off. No, no, no. And I, I, and I think this is. I, it almost sounds like I'm gonna get buried in the semantics here. But as I always like to say, semantics is the difference between I've stopped taking drugs and I'm off my meds. Same thing right. semantically. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think a lot of people like to talk about the the victimhood culture and the victim society we live in. And I think you can you can say that that's not true, but the fact of the matter is when there are famous comedians who are making an issue of quote what I'm not allowed to say unquote that right there proves victim culture because it's not that you're not allowed to say things. We have a first amendment. You have shitloads of money and therefore power in the entertainment industry. You are free to say whatever you want to say, what you are not necessarily free from though. And this expands beyond entertainment and it kind of ties back in with the one six commission and what we were talking about before, with the subpoenas is that you are not free from consequences for what you say. Right. And yeah. this is, this is the thing, you know, it's people want to talk about how, you know, Oh, well, you know, they're trying to turn all black dudes gay because there's too much freedom and, and this society is too permissive. You want to talk about society being too permissive? Let's talk about letting Trump cronies walk away from congressional subpoenas without any consequences. Let's talk about cops being allowed to blow black people away without any consequences. You want to talk about society being too permissive? Stay out of people's bedrooms and let's talk about the shit that really truly affects all of us not the stuff that well i'm upset because i think someone living down the block just might be gay ah well you know what tough shit you know that's we we have seen one thing that the the trump years have definitely proven is that there are so many people who want real consequences for perceived slights and you know you, you look at, at fucking Chuck Grassley's letter, you know, from, from the Republican side of the one six commission saying, well, he truly believed that there was fuckery going on with the election. And so he was merely doing his presidential duty, uh, to attempt a, a coup 
because of what he believed. Well, you know what? Fuck your beliefs. Because your beliefs, as untrue as they may be, are turning out to have consequences in the real world. So instead of working off of what people believe, let's work off of what can be proven. Right. And find solutions for the things that are proven to be problems, not the right. things that we believe might be problems. Because, and, and, hey, and if, if I believe I'm, that my neighbor is possessed, that's really not going to be an effective, you know, defense for when I go to their house and, you know, cram booberry down their throat and then, you know, slit them open got to stern because this is how exorcism has always been done in the old country where I come from or my yeah. people, you know, booberry it's a modernization, but it's still traditional. Uh, it's a haunted food. Um, but you know, it, just because I believe that and you know, this has been done like for a really long time, the whole idea of stand your ground laws, well, George Zimmerman believed that he was being threatened by a black kid wearing a hoodie and and drinking iced tea and carrying Skittles. He believed he could have been on his way to a Satanist cult meeting to make scissor and, and rape babies and then sell the blood to the Jews because that's apparently what we drink. Uh, you know, what you believe doesn't fucking matter. And what you're taught to believe in any religious institution that's between you and your religious institution, not mine. Don't bring that shit on me. You know, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of people who, Oh, Joe Biden is a bad Catholic because he supports abortion rights. No, he's a good president because he supports abortion rights. He's a good Catholic because he takes his faith and keeps it amongst him and his family, and he practices it in the way that he believes he should for him and for his family. He's not out there foisting his religion on an unsuspecting public. Agreed, 100%. I, I want to say one, one quick thing also. You, you, you really hit the nail on the head about the, the, the pervasiveness of, of victimhood. And one last thing in regard to, to Chappelle and victimhood, because he's not really facing, quote, consequences. He is kicking ass. He is thriving. You know, he's he's uh, he just did this appearance in L.A. and his special is doing really well. But I think that the victimhood in his case is that he's upset that he's facing not consequences, but criticism which is something I think he might not be accustomed to. You know, he, here's this guy who's always this very, very forward-thinking, very in, incisive, you know, comic, and now people are saying, hey, man, that's not cool. Like, what you're saying is wrong. And he's outraged, you know, and, and, is, and is kind of playing the victim card. And, you know, you, you see that with, you know, I mean, a totally different case, but Louis C.K., Still touring, still playing sold-out shows and clubs. And it's not not huge consequences. So it just makes me think like this this thing about being canceled is is a bit of a joke, you know? Because well, I mean, they did they did get to a point to where they were you know trying to control what is said. I think you know you should be allowed to to say what you like, but like you said, Dave. I mean, there's a consequence 
for the type of humor that you do. I mean, plus young people today do shock value humor. I don't know if you've heard of young comics today. And they're doing therapy about their life. And, you know, they want to talk about, as I always tell you, they get, you know, fuck my wife, fuck me in the ass with a dildo. And all that. And it's like, they're wondering why people aren't laughing. Because it's not going anywhere. It's just a guy talking about getting screwed with a dildo. You know, mm -hmm. but it, it, it's, whereas we're looking for commentary. We're looking for the comedy to go somewhere, the, the conversation to go somewhere. And I think sometimes... When they're on stage, it doesn't. So they'll add more curse words. That That's not what I'm looking for either. I'm looking for, give me a conversation that I can do something with, uh, that I can relate to, because relation is still also key. And I think Dave, to, to his credit, he has a following. And he has a strong social media following, which they're never going to get him off. They're not going to stop because he has too big of a following uh, to do that. Like you said, he's such a forward-thinking guy. A lot of guys like what he says. But like I said, I knew the racial stuff that he was doing back in the day would eventually get him in trouble. And it's, it, it kind of made him pull back. So he didn't accept that $50 million that the, the, the people that Comedy uh, Central. he was with. Comedy yeah. Central. Yeah. Wanted to give him, turned it down. Because, like you said, it it shocked him. He saw the guy laughing so hard, you know, because when you play, there's a, there's a consequence to playing with race all the time. And you guys know this, it becomes like, you know, white people do this, black people do that. I mean, I, I've noticed with even some of the, uh, the immigrant, other uh, immigrant comedians, you know, that are either Indian, Filipino, they'll do a bazillion, they'll do, you know, that fan used to do 30 minutes of Asian material. He would never, I mean, just, and I told him, I said, you got one more time, one more joke, and they're going to turn on you. Because I could see it. I was on, I was performing with this place. I said, man, you, you just did a whole barrage of everything, Asian, white, Asian, Asian, Asian. They were burnt out. Can't go anywhere else with it. So eventually you got to change, you got to switch it up I don't know what he can do. I don't know if you guys do. See, I, don't that's, do I don't do a lot of gay humor. That's the thing for me, like about Dat Fan specifically, but it's always been a pet peeve of mine with certain comics, like with specific traits. You know, like look at like fat comics like uh, John Panette, um, Ralphie May, uh, Gabriel Iglesias. Like, we get it. You're fat, you know, or in Dat Fan's case, we get it. You're Vietnamese. And obviously that's going to be a part of your act. But, I, you know, show me you can do more than just that one thing. You know, it's like, let, it to, show me that it, you're you're to, a comic uh, and mic. not just a Vietnamese comic or not just a fat comic. Like, be a comic. Yeah, well, I said that to a Vietnamese yeah. guy who was at an open mic and he looked at me and said, I said, oh, by the way. I said, dude, everybody. I said, you're you're Filipino. Do you know? I said, uh, was it Joe Choi? He's like the biggest Filipino comedian right now. I said, his whole act is damn near all Filipino. I said, so the whole white people do this and Filipino and white Filipino. I said, hey, it's been done. Even even a black dude who sits up and tries to do the whole black and white thing, it's old, and it's easy. It's hacky. Yeah. You know, it's got a got to have something to it and if it don't you just sound like a brother just sitting up there talking about white people so i mean try I, like, I just said to him just try to change it up a little bit talk about 
just don't be a regular another Filipino comedian talking about Filipinos. Maybe around in front of a Filipino audience, they might love you for it. But hey, you know, if they go to college or whatever, they're, they're into school, they're going to want something different. They want you to write more of a universal act. You know, they're not going to just keep buying it. It's kind of like when I when I'm on stage, I can only spend a few minutes talking about how I'm a model. You know, <laughs> how I that you know, and I I have graced a lot of magazines, but then then no one wants to hear about that. After yeah, a while, you so. you should really work more stuff about your enormous cock in the into the bit. I think. Right. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, 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 you know, you, you could be the Bob Newhart of anything, you know, because I, 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 that right there was so Newhart what you just did. That was like, you know, I mean that. And if, you, and if you're a Bob Newhart fan, it's so, it's just so subtle. It just comes in, and you end up there busting up because you know. Can you imagine Newhart and Don Rickles were best friends? Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Said, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't, 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 don't do that. Don't. Because they would go to uh, Italy, uh, Germany, and Don Rickles would start doing. Read the room, dude. No, no, don't do that. Don't, don't. Come on. <laughs> you know, it's 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 like having a Shabbos going. Somebody like turns your lights on and off if if you don't do that on the Sabbath. It's like yeah, every once in a while you do need you know. The Goyesha perspective to go, no, not not here. It's no, you know. And I think ultimately, just to wrap up the uh, comedy critique technique portion of the show, and you know, we all have different reasons for for going into comedy. We may have different mission statements or a, a complete lack of of an overall mission in what we're doing. But I think. The, the one thing that I have always respected in, in comedy, and I've always you know used it as sort of a, a guiding uh, force, I don't know, for, for what I do. But from doing shows to when I was producing shows in, in Burbank and, and in L.A., there are so many times I saw someone like go and do a completely shitty set for whatever reason, like the material sucks. Uh, the, they just exude like horrible personhood, whatever, but they do a really shitty set and then they walk off stage and go, man, the fucking room sucks tonight. And right. it's like, you know, we, we will all at one point, at, at least one, in our careers perform in shitty rooms and we well, will, I, we will all I have shitty it. sets at, at one point or another, but the important thing and you know, the, the way you're going to grow as an artist and as an individual is to be extremely honest with yourself about, you know, the bad nights. Is it the room or is it you? Right. Well, that's a, well, the, the, the comedians now, the open mic guys. I said, I did. I think I did open mic two, Monday and Tuesday, and all of them. So you're in a, a small room full of comedians, and they're like, "So that didn't work, huh?" So when I got to the stage, I said, "If another one of you fuckers get up here and ask a comic to think <laughs> that you're funny, okay, dude, comics don't laugh. Your audience better already be in your head, okay." But if you're asking a group of comedians to, to laugh at your jokes or get their approval, 
you're wasting your time. I would never ask any of you comics. I don't care. Yeah, I just don't care what you think because half of you guys want to see me fail anyway. Like, you know, because I'm not doing what you're doing. Well, and that's so judgmental. That's the other thing is like, you know, a lot of the, the, not even the younger comics, but it seems to have been like the thing in the past few years of, of the whole grinding. Like I'm hitting eight open mics a night. It it's like, well, yeah. And what are you learning from that? Besides like shortcuts and the best way to get around LA on a Thursday. Uh, you know, if you're not learning anything from those performances, open mics are great for like working out new material to say it out loud in front of an audience that, you know, isn't going to be responsive. And like, especially for, for new comics who are just getting into it, open mics are the best way to learn how to deal with a hostile room, (laughs) you know, or at, at the very least, you know, inattentive, you know, it's like, you'll, you'll learn how to deal with adversity that that part of adversity through doing open mics that you're really not going to get that in any other venue, but you recognize open mics for what they are and don't like, you know, Hey, I killed at the open mic. So where's my Netflix special? <laughs> like, no, that's not how that works. Uh, you know, I think a lot about, uh, well, not a lot, but I think about Bill Maher. Uh, I don't know if you, if you guys watch him, but, he has one of his most annoying tics, uh, aside from the rampant sexism and, and, and you know, Islamophobia, and <laughs> is he at least once a show tells a joke that sucks, doesn't work, and then he goes, oh, "Come on, oh come on, right?" Like, <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 it's not the audience, my friend. It's that your joke sucked. Yeah, and it's, it's weird that this is a seasoned comic, and that's like his. His bit, you know, it's like, no, just do better jokes. I think that's his way of trying to appeal to the disaffected. Like, hey, I'm one of you. I'm I'm angry at people not getting everything about what I said the way I wanted them to get it. I will say, yeah. though, uh, last night he had like his closer was a bit about the, the slow moving coup. And I've like the past few weeks, it's, I've been like, you know, Jamie Farr with JP Morgan, holding him back from just doing the big gong on Bill Maher. Just, it's like, all right, dude, we get it. You're a grumpy old man. Like let Clint Eastwood do Clint Eastwood. You still do the funny stuff, not the get off my lawn, cozying up to conservatives. And so uh, I was very, very pleasantly surprised and appropriately disturbed by his his thing on the slow moving coup. Highly recommended. It's probably on YouTube. Well worth checking out. I will. Because yeah, it's if even if you don't like him, if you see him as someone who like, hey, he's a friend of Ann Coulter and uh, Milo, whatever the fuck his name is. Um he definitely has it right on this bit. I'll check it out. My wife has what I can only describe as an alert, an allergic reaction to <laughs> Bill Maher, which makes it difficult to, to watch him. But uh, I'll, I'll check that out for sure. She's not a Bill Maher fan. No, not a Bill Maher fan. Uh, which made it really weird when I almost uh, I, you know, became a writer on his show. <laughs> that would have been really weird. 
Oh, how was work today, honey? No, don't tell me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we should uh, we we should wrap things up. I I do want to go on a somewhat uh, happy and informative note. Uh, there was there was peace in the world for six hours on Monday. Uh, if you don't count everyone on Twitter going, what happened to Facebook? Where's Facebook? But I, I did think it was interesting. Uh, Facebook spent the beginning of the week going down and then seemingly the rest of the week getting kicked while they were down, but rightfully so. And again, this is coming from someone who thinks that abandoned royal properties should be lined with explosives just in case the future tenants don't work out. But I, I think I don't think anyone is really going to, oh, why are they being so mean to Facebook? Um, oh, because they, they know how bad they are and they lie about it. It's, it's basically uh, the Sacklers without the pills. I just wanted to kind of throw it out there, see if you guys had any thoughts, any... I, I, um, I felt it was about time. that she, And I'm glad, I mean, that woman, that was what her job was, that she was trained to do. And when she found out what he was doing and the fact that they lied to her, right to her face, and she said, I can't deal with this. I am going to expose you fuckers because you've been lying the whole time. And Zuckerberg, she said, if it had anything to, you know, promoting you or promoting Facebook, he went after whatever was going to be for Facebook. He knew what what the insurrection was going. He knew it was going to go down. He saw what was happening. He didn't shut it down. He didn't shut down Trump. He allowed the Hillary Clinton stuff to go down. He knew about all of it. And he did nothing. And yet now he, I mean, even Paris France have complained that he, uh, of what he did to Indonesia. He was, he knew what was going on with Indonesia when the, when the military were killing the people. He allowed them to put out those negative messages. It was all over Facebook. The hey, guy we, has a $1.7 trillion business. He we can't monitor everything. His, huh? I said, we can't monitor everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what he <laughs> says. Yeah. But he, while you and your wife get rich and, you know, oh, I'm not doing nothing wrong. You're lying. That woman sat there and, and she worked with her. And, she, and the reason why is that it really hit him in that she had all the copies. Yeah, and that that was one of the things that amazed me this week was after like she testified and she does have the documentation and Facebook came out with a statement saying, you know, these are merely allegations with no proof. It's like she's not to steal from Mitt Romney, but she's got binders of proof. <laughs> yes, that was what her job was. Her job was to, to she works, she's an engineer. You hire the smartest people to come work for you Hello, they're going to put it all together and see what you're doing. When another another great uh, joke set up from The Simpsons was uh, when they're doing the uh, the testing of uh, the the perfume. They spray it in his eyes. Ah, it burns! It burns. We'll call it Desert Breeze. Well, what about the burning? That's marketing's problem. And that's basically like what they did. Is like Facebook had all these internal studies showing how the platform has been weaponized and how horrible it is for specifically young girls with, uh, you know, self-esteem body issues that are only exacerbated by Instagram. And they knew that this was happening. The studies showed this, the studies showed ways to mitigate the, 
the negative effects. And they said, well, you know, we really need to do something about this. Well, what should we do? Get rid of these studies. Get, just get the scientists, anyone who knows anything about mm, under the carpet, mm, gone. So maybe not really the reaction they should have taken. But the important thing is that they did something. <laughs> well, you know what? Because I, I, uh, people have said that, you know, Orwell predicted the, you know, that we'd all be tracked and monitored. But what Orwell could not have predicted was that we would all eagerly and voluntarily be tracked and monitored. That that we all where we are constantly saying where we are, who we're with, what we're eating, where we're going. And what I find kind of strange and depressing about this is that I, I don't see like an exodus from Facebook happening. I mean, I think people are addicted, you know, like legitimately addicted. And we kind of know all this by now. We know that this company is, you know, only about the bottom line and society be damned. And I, I don't think people care. Not enough to leave it anyway. No, I mean, if you think about it, we are considered consumers. If we look up the word consumer, con, <laughs> we've been, been conned uh, into, I mean, I, I mean, now, I'm just I, thinking of the Michael Keaton uh, bitten in Night Moves with prostitution. <laughs> Pros, that's what we are. <laughs> right. I mean, and, and you look at um, how they how they set everything up. Like when people, I'd be on stage and I would say, they, said, well, you know, they, they took, no, they didn't take any. You gave it to them. They asked you for it. All mm -hmm. that, I mean, because information... Is, that's why the most important thing today is information. They don't care about, they say, well, we can start another war. For what? There's no need for a war. We got information. Information is worse. We can destroy you with information by the way we get people to think. Mm -hmm. And they, and who would have thought we'd create all these narcissistic assholes mm -hmm. who believe that their world is so important that they will tell you what they ate last night, that they will go and rob a bank and then share with you how much money it were that where they robbed the bank, how they robbed the bank, and look at me with the money. I have all the evidence. <laughs> I'm a man. Hey, buddy. Yeah, I'm famous now. Yeah, now you're going to jail. Maybe, well, maybe you're going to get a, a then letter then, from Donald you know, Trump's lawyer saying you shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you have a degree. and say, hey, well, I got my degree. Yeah, but you're still going to jail. I always tell people there are plenty of people in prison with degrees. Lots of them. Matter of fact, you can get a degree while you're on while you're on trial for murder. You can go to school and get a degree, and our tax dollars will pay for it for you to have your education right there in prison. Don't know what you're going to do with it, but there you'll be in prison. You have more knowledge to sit behind bars, and you know you got 40 years. But that's what we've created. We've created. Uh, uh, we uh, we were lab rats. People say, "Well, how did you know?" How did Steve Jobs do it? Because they tested it on us. We were lab rats. We've always been lab rats. You well, know, but these are the same people who are on Facebook who wants to tell you about a vaccine. <laughs> who wants to tell you about the black African woman who's talking about, take, uh, what is it? Uh, the demon sperm? Hydrochloroquine. Oh. And then, yeah, with a little sprinkle in it, you know. Yeah. But yet you're taking was it the was it the horse pills now? What are they taking? Well, the the, the the most of them are doing the paste, the ivermectin. Paste. 
Ivermectin, it's a horse pill sweeping down. And, and so Zuckerberg knows this. Zuckerberg knows this shit is stupid, and he promotes it. He knows. And he doesn't give a shit. I mean, the guy, he can't. I mean, all you got to do is watch the movie. It'll, it'll tell you what he did and, and how he did it. So, you know? yeah, like I was saying earlier, it's it, although to amend my earlier statement, it's the Sacklers, but instead of pills, it's cookies. Yeah. Huh? 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 How's that for the tech bros in the room? Am I reading this right? Hello? This thing is on? Very good. Ultimately, what it comes down to is it is, uh, well, it sadly it is not, but I think it should be astounding how much and how much of what we as a society are willing to sacrifice for convenience. And, you know, we all have our, our like butt cases. You know, Josh, when you were talking earlier about the, the Facebook addiction and for those six hours, I mean, I was at work anyway, but when we had downtime, I, you know, Oh, oh my God, I read a book <gasps> craziness. I, I read something that didn't, like literally in the moment interact with me directly. I don't know how I managed, but, and, and this is my, you know, I, it's just for medicinal purposes, really. Um, I, I did realize, uh, and I, yeah, I've known that it's one of those things, you know, but you don't really think about it cause you take it for granted. Uh, generally in terms of calling my dad who lives in Vietnam, we have found that Facebook messenger tends to be the easiest way to communicate partially because, you know, the, the man has, I don't know how many email addresses. So FaceTiming is virtually impossible because it's like, what's still active? Who am I supposed to call? You spend more time figuring out which FaceTime address to use than you do actually talking to him. But so, yeah, that was my thing. It was like, Oh, can't use Facebook big fucking deal but trying to call and it's like oh shit messengers down yeah so um yeah evil corporation monopoly break it up who knows we'll figure that out uh we're we're talking about freedom and consequences and uh we have spent a lot of time talking about freedom. Consequently, we're, we're out of time. So I want to thank you guys for coming in. Well, we did this via Skype today uh, because, you know, hey, safety and L.A. commutes. Why not? Plus, it's it's like in the 60s out there. It's a cold wave sweeping Los Angeles. Uh, I think it's it's beautiful uh, where we're getting into football weather which only seems appropriate. So let's get out of our respective studio spaces, homes, whatever we're calling them these days, and out into that football weather. I want to thank you for being here. Josh Greenberg, always a pleasure. So great to have you with us. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Oh, I guess you can just find me on the old Ironically, Facebook or uh, or uh, Instagram. Yeah, it feels really weird plugging social media. So, so fuck that. Forget it. Don't don't go to social media. Don't look. At that. But I could quit it any time I want. Exactly. But also, thank you so much for uh, having me on the show. It's it's always so fun. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll do this in person again. And uh, there there will be baked treats, as has become the tradition. So, uh, 
thanks thanks for being with us and yeah definitely uh check josh out on the socials because if not you're gonna have to wait for uh huffington post to do another piece on his latest meme so Thank you again for being with us. Mr. Time and Ship, always a pleasure. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Well, yowza, 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 Dave. Uh, I will be, uh, I guess you can say, uh, on Facebook, Time and Ship at Facebook, Time and Ship at Twitter, Time and Ship at uh, Instagram. Uh, you can get my book, My East St. Louis, on uh, Amazon.com. And you can get my CD, Universal Brother, on uh, Spotify and CD Baby. And also my website is uh, timeshipatwibbly.com. Excellent. So, folks, do all that. Check it out. And uh, the book, the CD, we are coming into the holiday season. So uh, looking for a groovy gift idea. There's two options right there. Thank you again for being with us time. And me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. You can actually, I, I'm kind of, I'm all over the place these days. We are living in, in Dave's moment. It's a beautiful place. No, it's it's a really weird fucking time. But uh, if you want to play your own personal at-home version of Where's Waldo, you should be watching uh, American Crime Story Impeachment this season. I pop up in some of the strangest places already. I've been a, uh, I've seen myself there as a reporter at a press conference, a White House tech guy, uh, a Newsweek staffer. I I think this week's episode, haven't watched it yet, uh, but uh, you may you may see me at Linda Tripp's Christmas party if that was in this week's episode. So there you go. I've got an appearance on SWAT coming up. So if you're if you're watching the TV, those are some of the places you can see me. And you can catch me on the socials. I am not often on Instagram, but when I am, I am the Dr. Robinson. I am also on the Facebook at Dr.David.Robinson. And on the Twitter, you can catch me at Stand Up Fall Down. And if you've made it this far into the show, you probably already know, but it bears repeating that we are on the socials on Facebook, all spelled out. Let's be treasonable. On the Twitter, we are at L-E-T-S-B-T-R-E-A-S-O-N-A-B-L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you, the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, I want to thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, tell everyone you know, rate, and review us on the platforms where you're listening, even the platforms where you're not, if you got the time and inclination. If you didn't like what you heard, well... Not sure why you stuck around, but thanks for doing that. Make you a deal. You don't tell anyone. We won't tell anyone. Everyone's happy. Sounds good to you. Sounds good to me. We will be back next week in one form or another. Until then, goodbye. goodbye.